Welcome to Leadtail TV. I'm your host, Brian Kramer, keynote speaker, coach of coaches, and author of HH Human to Human. Today's guest is Steve Mann, recently the CMO of Theta Ray. Steve has also worked in marketing, demand generation, and product strategy. People describe him as an out of the box thinker that uses his positions to develop and mentor folks towards professional development, having also spent time at a, as a VP at SAP and CMO of LexisNexis. In this episode, we talk about how things have changed from last year and how to focus now on a three and six month strategy in marketing. We'll also talk about a documentary style of branded content and how to bring bingeable content into brand storytelling. And finally, how do we create best practices and work within a crisis such as COVID? So let's get into it. Here's my interview with Steve Mann. I'm curious just to jump right in. How how has your strategy or process changed in since you know everything that you've learned over the last uh, years of, uh, of of work in this area, and then as opposed to now in this past year, six months, three months to today, and what what's going on? Um, uh, for me, I started out uh, learning about demand generation in the very classic sense that you know. You know, tell them about your speeds and feeds and why it's good for them and they'll buy your widget. And, you know, what I came to realize is that the marketing that I was doing wasn't connecting with human beings. I couldn't understand why. I mean, they're logical. They, you know, weigh rational arguments and make a decision. And isn't that what you do when you buy a widget? Um, But the answer that I found was no. It turns out that's not true, that most of our decision making is non-conscious. And so the the work that I've done over the years to perfect my demand generation strategies um, at execution is to learn how to weave an emotional argument into a uh, a rational argument. Uh, 95% of our cognition is non-conscious, which so can you imagine making a decision on your anti-money laundering software or your pair of jeans only by thinking about it uh, rationally? Um, no, it doesn't work that way. Uh, both buying software as well as buying blue jeans are both emotional experiences as well as experiences of the heart. Um, so that, that's number one in terms of my um, evolution in terms of my demand generation strategies. You know, over the last year, I would say I've brought those strategies forward and, you know, in a somewhat classic omni-channel way, really trying to inhabit the channels that my consumers are at and really then optimizing those channels in order to drive uh, towards my uh, conversion goals. But I'd say over the past uh, six months, that's began, that began to... Um, uh, modulate the the first over the first six months. I'd say the last six months. I'd say it's more about closing deals, right? So you're you're shifting away from your omni your your classic omni channel model. You're making sure that you stood up and at all all cylinders your account based marketing is is cranking, and then you're really focused on that decision making content within the buyer journey to get people to convert. But over the last three months, uh, as we all know, we've got this pandemic thing going on. And so the messaging that I would normally utilize around customer acquisition or upsell was replaced with messaging that was largely around uh, distraction, humor, um, nuance, rather than being uh, trying to be an acquisition engine. Uh, trying to be an engine for passivity and calm Uh, because uh, it's been my experience that people haven't been very focused on making major purchase decisions right now. They're working to keep their jobs for sure, 
but I think folks are, uh, I know folks are somewhat distracted. And that's really how my marketing has evolved over, uh, over the last year and a half at least. And that, it's so fascinating to see how fast this can shift and how demand gen can can um, also uh, uh, lack some either gain or lack empathy. And I'm curious how you coach, counsel, um, create uh, more of that in demand gen. I mean, it is a conversion point, but at it, it some time, it, especially this time, it can also be tone deaf uh, uh-huh. to what's going on. And how, how, do you, how do you quickly enact and, and create from that? It's difficult in the sense that some brands, it just, it's not natural for them to speak in that way. And uh, they, they have two choices, uh, to keep speaking the way that they are, in which case they, um, uh, are, their message is going to fall on deaf ears. Uh, and then there's a second option, which is to say nothing. And sometimes saying nothing, like my mother used to say to me, is better than saying something. Um, so I think brands that don't have the wherewithal to actually make that shift in terms of having a, a, a heartfelt conversation with their customer base need to be quiet. As a matter of fact, by being quiet, um, it's, it shows a tremendous amount of respect to your client base. Because if you look at your inbox, I know mine is just stuffed full of, here's what we're doing for COVID. Here's what we're doing for COVID. Here's what we did for COVID. I don't want to see COVID anymore. It's, I, it's enough. I know, where my, I know where my life is right now. I know what's going on in my markets. And I know what I need to do to successfully re-enter my markets when we come out of here. So that's why I think uh, being quiet if you don't know how to have the conversation is almost as good. Ooh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, I don't think I've heard that one before. And I... Uh, I, I, I tend to think like I just got a uh, direct mail uh, piece from a cruise line um, asking me about my next uh, my next adventure. And mm-hmm. I, I often wonder, um, you know, from, you know, obviously that's B to C, but no matter what it it really uh, it really matters what you share, when you share and how you share it. Yeah, absolutely. Because if I had gotten that type of offer, I probably would have said to them, yeah, I'd love to go on one of your cruises in my next life. You know, it's it's actually um, disturbing to me that at this point in time, these organizations are trying to rebuild their business. I understand the urgency and I understand how important it is, but I think they have to be very smart about it. And doing a broad-based blast um, to, I don't know, how many thousands of people they've reached out to is probably not the most um, effective means to... uh, regain their uh their market mm. so so well said um so uh, just kind of moving through this i also want to talk to you about a few other things i know on your uh cxo talk with our mutual good friend michael krigsman uh, amazing person uh you recently talked about customer experience and brand marketing yeah um what what do you think about the efforts by companies like mailchimp and and wistia um do you believe that their documentary style branded content and philosophies of bingeable content is working mm-hmm. so um uh, I'll qualify that answer first. I enjoy the documentary format. I think uh, I think another reason, number one, I think it's clever. Number two, and I, I like clever. I'm just attracted to clever. Um, 
number two, it's an easy way for me to consume that type of information. It just, it resonates with me. And um, I also think it allows you, it's a great format for storytelling. That being said, uh, there's a downside to this and that you can invest a lot of money and you can create bingeable content that doesn't go anywhere because it, although the consumer enjoys it, um, it's not the type of content that's going to drive conversion. So it, just like any other conversion mechanism, this, types of, this type of tool, this type of offer needs to be tested. And I can't tell you whether or not they're, they're testing this type of content. I know it's difficult because it's a, you know, what you would consider a long form piece of content, but um, yeah, I think that is something that needs, that code needs to be cracked in order for uh, somebody to, to say, you know what, I'm comfortable with this type of a content strategy or not. That is, uh, I love that you called it out as non-converting, um, uh, or at least not track, tracking conversion, because oftentimes we get stuck in, mm-hmm. uh, even in the uh, phase of trying to decide, is this worth it? And if there's no conversion at the end, um, how does that, how do you think that plays into uh, decision making to begin that process of saying, this is still worth it, even though we can't track the conversion? Right. I mean, first of all, you know, uh, you have to have that hard conversation with yourself and your team or you're going to drop twenty five, thirty, fifty thousand dollars to create some form of document, some documentally format uh, video uh, without any experience that uh, or, or data that says it's going to convert. Uh, but let's say you go ahead and you make that investment and you put it in market and you put it in market through, you know, multiple channels, uh, which I would hope you'd be doing out of out of uh, out of course. Um, you're still going to be looking at each of those channels to see which which of those channels are, are converting best. And then you're going to be optimizing them and shifting budget into the channels that are, are really moving well. But even within a given channel, you're going to be looking at which content within that channel, which conversation within that channel um, is actually working best. And so it may be that you find a, a channel, let's just say it's LinkedIn for, for giggles. And within that uh, channel, a lot of your content's performing, but that documentary piece is not, is not executing it's not converting pull it pull it well yeah well said i mean it, it's um it, it, knowing when to hold them and know when to walk away <laughs> exactly right? right uh and so um where where do you see efforts like like uh, those of MailChimp and Wistia with the, the bingeable content, where do you see efforts like that going in the future? Is there any, um, any, any insights or, or, or thinking that you have around that? Well, it's interesting that you ask, because if you think about that type of content, it's perfect for now. It's perfect in unsettled markets where the markets are maybe, you know, moving a little bit this way or that way. And there is no direct, um, uh, easily identified direction for a given market, which is exactly where we are right now. This is the type of um, uh, content that's, you know, very brand oriented. So, you know, because it's a great storytelling medium, um, I mentioned conversions from a demand perspective earlier. It may not be the best content for demand generation, but it is good content for brand building. And so, and I've, I've talked about, you know, well, what should you be doing? What should you be focusing on right now, um, given the current state of your markets? And I think brand building and um, revamping your customer experience is a, uh, a per, it's a perfect opportunity to do that. Oh, that's, uh, it, it's, um, it's, it's such a, these are such great conversations to have uh, in, in, in the, the strategy phase. Um, do you see a lot of people, 
a lot of companies actually working their way through this and setting aside the time to measure and have those hard conversations along the way and really focus on um, on whatever KPIs are, are working for them. And then, and, and, and even a, just a debrief at the end on how did this run and should we do this again? Is, is that a, cause it's kind of a, a new bingeable content is kind of a, a it, it's not new to the consumer world, but to the uh, business world, this is, this is something quite new. It is, but I've, you know, I've, I've never been afraid of taking learnings from, you know, uh, direct to consumer space and applying it to B2B. And I don't think any other C, I don't think uh, any CMO or VP of marketing or demand gen should be as well. There's, there's great learnings there. I think of my friend, Margaret Malloy, she's the CMO of Siegel and Gale. And uh, Margaret, you know, has the unenviable position of really continuing to help drive revenue for the organization, as well as setting the right tone for the organization. And she's, you, you think that that was a single hat but it's not. There are actually two hats because um, they're so fundamentally different. Uh, you're shifting your messaging so dramatically um, uh, to the general market and then more nuanced to the folks that you're actively doing business with because you don't want to um, miss the opportunity to, to have the conversation that they began with you. So there's that effort. And then there's the actual, you know, the blocking and tackling of helping the organization close business and drive revenue to meet its quarterly nut. And uh, Margaret does that um, superbly. Uh, she's one of the founders of the New York chapter of the Marketing Society. She actually invited me in, and I find that the things that she's taught me and other CMOs have taught me about how to do this, um, uh, they really resonate with me and they've really um, informed the way I like to go to market now. Mm. I, uh, I absolutely adore, uh, Margaret. She's such a wonderful person. And, um, and so I, any, anytime I hear her name, my, my face lights up. Good. Um, uh, yeah, thank you. There's so much learning and I'm, I'm really fascinated around, you know, how that information is, is being shared. And, and like you just said, how it's, how it's being created, uh, behind the scenes in these conversations. So it's really neat to to bring that to life for everybody else to see. And, and uh, I'd also like to get back to and talk about, um, while I know that in email, in inboxes, we're being flooded with COVID-19, it's still a, mm-hmm. still a big topic. Yeah. Um, and so, um, so it, 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 being that COVID-19 disrupted just about every industry, uh, just about every industry out there. Um, I know you've spoken a lot on your recent LinkedIn lives about authenticity and emotion and in brand marketing, yeah. Um, how do you think it's being affected by and shaped by COVID? So, uh, I would begin that by saying that if you're talking about COVID as a brand, you're 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 doing your market a disservice. Now, your market has already been disruptive. So, I I prefer to think of it. You mentioned it right out off the bat uh, that you're in a disrupted market, and the the goal now is you know what are you going to do uh, moving forward? I think that any organization right now um, that is not talking about a disruptive market or COVID market, that's good. They should be focusing on nurturing relationships, uh, informing, humoring, uh, distracting, nothing more. It's Memorial Day weekend right now. And uh, from a BDC perspective, what you'll see is you'll see very little mention of COVID. What you're going to see is these organizations trying to get back to more to, to normal, which means, you know, having your Memorial Day sales. Um, and then there are organizations that still reference it, 
but aren't like in your face about it. A good example is Coursera. Coursera, they actually provide a free course via Johns Hopkins on contact tracing. Now that's a great way to be connected to the thing that disrupted your market and then take advantage of it. And they're not taking advantage of it monetarily because it's a course that you can take for free, but they are taking advantage of it in terms of um, linking something that, that, I care about that concerns me and they provide, they're providing a solution to give me a feel of more control over my life, which at the end of the day, that's what marketing's all about. Oh, isn't that the truth? It's, it's this, this whole thing about putting the customer at the center um, and making sure that that is, that is the case. Have you come across organizations or, or look at organizations that, um, that aren't, exactly putting the customer at the center with what you just said, especially right now. Yeah, I think there are. The problem with putting a customer at the center of everything you do is that it's not just about marketing. It's the entire organization. Everything about everything within a customer centric organization means that, uh, Product marketing, for instance, is actually sitting deeply with customers to uncover their articulated needs as well as, more importantly, their unarticulated needs from uh, the solution that you provide. Services is doing the same. Services is there holding your hand, knowing what you need before you know it. The go-to-market teams, speaking in your voice, in your customer's voice, and letting the customer drive their experience. So um, it's... It would be easy for me to say, oh, this company is not doing it right. Um, but in point of fact, it's got to be an entire organization that decides to be customer centric. And then they go through the hard, hard, hard uh, re-engineering uh, to make the company be able to do that. Uh, so I, I can't answer your question directly because I don't believe that it's just this, um, it's one lever that you pull. It's virtually every lever in the organization that you have to pull to become customer centric. I would rather you not answer it directly and answer that exactly the way you just did because that uh, that makes so much sense. Um, I'm curious too, what learnings do you think then companies can take from all of this and um, and should carry forward in, in, in from this crisis to the future of what now demand gen and marketing could and should be? Yeah, the learning is, is that you never know when a market's going to get disruptive and that you need to be prepared ahead of time. We all know that in a given market, um, it goes through a, a maturation cycle, right? You've got new entrants that disrupt an, a prior market. They grow to a position of leadership. Then there are other entrants. The market gets crowded to the point where everybody's category leader, so nobody's category leader. And all of a sudden, a new, a new entrant comes in that disrupts that market by offering an alter, alternative. And, and, it, and it's a new category. Category. So we all understand that type of market disruption and we prepare for it because it's more of a long term, it's a long term proposition. But here's a short term dramatic uh, change, uh, disruption that nobody saw coming. So the it's incumbent upon um, organizations, especially on the communication side, to, you know, Discover that narrative, have that narrative in your back pocket and revisit that narrative as often as you would say, uh, revisit your lead, gen your lead scoring model uh, to make sure that uh, what you want to say and how you want to address it is still relevant because this is going to happen again. Mm. Yes. And, um, and there's so much learning. I mean, I hope that I hope I do hope that we all uh, we all marketers, leaders, executives, uh, HR, everyone sits down and says, okay, what can we, what can we take away? And how do we, how do we do that? I mean, I, I would, I would imagine that those conversations are, are going to be more than just 
uh, lunchroom conversations, that they're going to be actual uh, strategy. I know you like the word strategic. So the actual st- uh, strategy conversations around that, like what, wh- how do we roundtable this and actually yeah. make something of this? And you can tell the, the companies that haven't done that are, you can see it in their approach to the way they're communicating to the market right now. It's the email after email after email that's, they mention um, COVID, but then they go right into their standard pitch. A company that I guess I shouldn't name in the ERP space, um, they are doing that on NPR every morning. You know, these are upsetting times. So you need our, our solution. And um, every time I hear it, which is pretty much every morning, because I listen to NPR every morning, um, I, I cringe uh, as a, as a, it's a inauthentic way to take, uh, take advantage of a, um, a very painful time. So, so true. Um, yeah, it, it, that's that, that kind of, uh, there, you know, there's, there's certainly, uh, you know, uh, a positive way to approach things and, uh, that kind of negativity or, um, uh, conversation that's happening where you're, you're scaring them into buying, um, is not a, um, a tactic that I'm a, a fan of or a conversation that needs to happen. And yet sometimes, um, you know, as humans, we do like to go there. Uh, right. You know, it's, that's our, that's our, that becomes our go-to where we, 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 we see that as a challenge, not as a, not as an opportunity. Correct. You know, I, I would agree. And I would say to your point about scaring people into, into buying, you know, emotions are part and parcel of how you're going to go to market. And so if you think about fear, uh, the lighter side of fear is focus and intensity, right? So if you can use messages that generate focus and intensity rather than fear, um, then you're doing, you're doing right by uh, emotions when you're market. Same thing goes with lust, right? The lightest side of lust is desire. I have a desire to be good. I have a desire to be seen uh, in a great light by my CEO. I have a desire to uh, create superior content, be recognized in the market. Um, so it's good to use those uh, emotions. They just have to be, you have to hit the right tone and use it in the right, at the right level, right? Or else um, it, it goes south and it doesn't work at all. So last year, you wrote an article on LinkedIn about applying your budgeting strategies you use at home to budgeting at organizations. Yes. That's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> hadn't hadn't thought, of, thought about that. And so I'm curious, what are some of the other business-related skills that you found transferable from raising uh, triplets? That's correct. So we have we have triplet girls, three girls. They're thirteen years old. You can imagine that in my house right now, the only thing I want to do is like you know they can I can move to the Caribbean and they can come visit me occasionally. Um, it's it's a very girl centric. There's a lot of um, he touched she touched me. That's my blouse. He likes me better than he likes you type of stuff going on. And so I've applied some very uh, firm principles to try to address that. Um, the first one is um, you know I've taken agile marketing and I've moved it into the notion of agile child rearing. In other words, I take the three kids, I lock them in a room, I have them solve that problem, and I just keep sliding pizzas under the door, and hopefully they won't solve it until they're about 17, then I can let them out and everything will be calmer. The second thing that I do is uh, around the dinner table, we have uh, conference room protocols, right? So you need to talk, wait your turn. Uh, if you're late, you've got you know three minutes to get to the table or else there's a problem. Um, so those types 
types of disciplines in terms of having to um, uh, manage a, a household with, you know, triplet girls, plus we have three more who are off the payroll, um, it, it can be challenging. So you need to bring a degree of um, executive functioning skills uh, to the kids. <laughs> oh, wow. That is uh, that I can't think of a better way to uh, close out our time here today that uh, managing managing triplets um, like you manage your business or manage your business like you manage triplets uh, that that almost um, that that seems like uh, maybe a touch cha- more challenging than than a CMO role. And so uh, my hat's off to you that much more take that on. They're both labors of love, but one is one is enduring, the other one is not. Hi everybody, Spencer here on the Leadtail team. I wanted to thank Steve Mann for being our guest on the show today. If you'd like to continue the conversation online, please tweet us at Leadtail or our guest at Steve Mann with two N's. If you want to see the full video interview series, you can find this episode and more at LeadTailTV.com. Please make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Have ideas for the show? Do you know someone who would be great to be a guest? Drop us a line at studios at LeadTail.com. Thanks.